0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, it's Lux of the Royal Deluxe Podcast, and thank you all for tuning in. Lovely to see you all again. I'm uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so be sure you're following the show at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter, or you can send me an email and give me some feedback at RoyalDeluxePodcast.com, at gmail.com, forgot, it's an email, that's how emails work. And technically I didn't have an upload on Friday, but there was a podcast I was involved with on Friday. I was a guest on the Royals Rundown podcast where I uh, assisted the great Jacob Milham with a bit of a mailbag. So we talked about things like uh, the future of Daniel Lynch or like how to fix him and other ideas on fixing the Royals in the near future And, uh, Nick Prado, his future, his, his current and future role with the Royals, if he has one, question mark. And, yeah, we talked about lots of things on there, so go check that out. Normally, when, uh, when I'm guesting on Royals Rundown, I also upload it to Royal Deluxe. That didn't happen, and it's my fault because on Friday, I was, um, well, let's just say I was, uh, stricken with calamities, a very unfortunate series of events and, uh, it might explain why I sound a little bit different, if you might notice. I'm in a more echoey room. Normally, my living space is this basement that I reside in, which makes me sound like some some weirdo who's, like, living in his mother's basement or no No, 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 it's my basement, bro. I pay rent, alright? I work full-time. I pay bills. It's my basement. I live in it. However, um... Again, some things happened, and it is currently under renovations and repairs, so I moved into the spare room in the basement, which is the bedroom, and by that I mean it is the room with a bed in it, but for now I have all of my, well, most of my stuff moved into it, I have my computers moved into it. So, uh, yeah, apologies for the lower quality. I'm not entirely sure when this is all going to get fixed. It could it could continue until the end of the season because we've only got a couple weeks left of this season. But there is still much to be talking about with the Royals because we haven't actually um, been talking about the Royals directly all that much. The um, last few episodes feel like They've been about the Royals drama, both with the media and the front office, because there was that article posted by The Athletic that was very revealing, and then there was the front office response to that, and then pretty much immediately after that, Dayton Moore got fired, which is, like, the biggest news of the Royals in the last, like, ten years, it feels like. So, uh, yeah, we haven't really been talking about how the team is doing all that much. And I guess there wasn't much to say because the team was just awful. I mean, it was probably the worst stretch that we've seen from the young team. Like we've obviously seen some awful, awful stretches of baseball from the Royals this season and in past seasons, but with this current iteration of them, you know, the, the Royals post Merrifield, I guess you can say, you can call them. um, Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty ugly and it was pretty uninspiring. They lost every game, Except when Singer was pitching. And I think a couple other games they won with Greinke on the mound. And that was about it. But a weird thing has happened. Maybe a, maybe this was meant to be. Maybe this is just a coincidence. But the Royals have been 5-1 and one since firing Dayton Moore. Well, actually that's not true. Uh, they've been 4-1. Sorry. They won on Tuesday. And then the Royals fired Dayton Moore Wednesday morning, or rather the afternoon was when the announcement came out. So the Royals came out, won that game, and then they won on Thursday. So they actually completed a sweep of the Minnesota Twins. That is the first time the Royals have swept a single team in this entire season. They had not not committed a sweep at all this season. And they did it to a Minnesota Twins team that, for all intents and purposes, purposes was still a playoff team. They they were like the odds are were not looking good for them, but they were still in the race. And you could say that the Royals just kind of ended it right there. Now, I don't entirely believe that because. The Guardians have actually been really really hot. The Guardians have actually I think that's, that I just saw that the Guardians have won like 17 of their last 20 games. Yeah, like you look at the stand and they're they're approaching 90 wins. And it's like, "Oh, wait, that's actually kind of respectable. I thought this this th- this division was going to be one with like 82 wins." <laughs> so, uh, they've had a huge surge lately. But, eh, whatever. I'll give the Royals credit for destroying the Minnesota Twins, and you know what we call that? We'll just call that a sweep. Since given current events, we call that a Dayton Morbius sweep. Boom! That's what I'm t- that's what that's what it is, guys. That's I, I really wanted that to catch on. No one, no one was laughing though. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I, I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good joke. And then the Royals went up against another playoff team, this time a team that is a genuine playoff team. They have about a 99% chance of making the playoffs because they are squarely in the race with a few games above the final, or rather, on the final wildcard spot. There are a couple, few games above you know, the, the first place team that is not in the playoffs, which is the Baltimore Orioles. That team is the Seattle Mariners and the mariners we saw them earlier in the year and and no one remembers this cuz i don't I don't think anybody listened to like the first episode i put out but i uh, had predictions for every team in uh baseball like where they would they, where they would go in the standings and you know who would make the playoffs i said the mariners were going to be the american league champions this year i genuinely predicted that now it it could not happen because you know the playoffs are very fluky. I also I think I said the Mariners were going to win the division, the American League West. I really did not think the Astros were going to be this good. <sighs> Whatever, but at least I m- seem to be right about the Mariners making the playoffs. They're having a good season, and when we saw them in like May or April or whenever, they looked amazing. Like that was just a I mean, the Royals were just bad in general, but man, that Mariners team just walked all over us. And I'm like, that looks like a that looks like an American League Championship to me, team, uh, an American League Championship team team to me. Like, what what are they doing wrong? They're doing everything right. They're, they're like they they weren't like particularly overwhelming, but they see just seemed to have everything going for them. You know, they were getting hits at the right times, making all the best plays that they needed to. And stuff like that. And, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, they are still a good team. They've had some ups and downs this season, but they're going into the end of the season looking good. And it looks like they really might finally break their 21-year playoff drought, which is the longest active drought in all four major North American sports. So, tough competition for the Royals. And the Royals went 2-1 and one against them. The Royals won a series against a very, very good team. And not only did they do that, but they just committed the greatest comeback in franchise history. Well, maybe not greatest, because it's not as if this was a great game of great importance. Of course, we all know that that would go to the 2014 wildcard game. But by score... By runs, it is the biggest comeback the Royals have ever had in their history. Today at, I don't know, 2, 3 p.m., the Royals were losing 11-2. to It was looking like one of the worst games of the season. It was looking like maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Max Castillo was the starting pitcher and he was shaky the entire game. First 3 innings it was just like oof. Oof, yeah, this uh this ain't not looking too good, buddy. Um but he was at least able to uh y- you know limit the damage to just a couple of runs. So it was like, okay, you know, he he's at least getting through it. Then the 5th inning comes and the wheels completely come off. Gives up a walk then a hit by pitch, then a single, then another walk, then another walk. And then finally, Mike Matheny's like, all right, get out. So that was bad, but that didn't stop the bleeding. Amir Garrett came out. He got a fly out immediately, which is good, but then a hit by pitch, and then a walk, and then a, another hit, a single, and then finally a, a strikeout, yay, but then a single. All right, now Jose Quas comes out. And then another single. If you're wondering, that is a eight-run inning. Mariners scored eight runs to put the score up to 9-2. To Sorry, I said the Mariners scored a couple of runs earlier. I was wrong. They only had one run. So yeah, Max Casillo was really, you know, walking a tight on, a, on this tightrope, but he was doing well for the first four innings. Well enough, I guess. But couldn't get a single out in the fifth, and the relief pitching only did so much to help. Eight innings in this run, in in this uh, in this inning. Did I just said eight innings in this run? Wow, that was bad. Well, I'm just gonna let that happen. Scuff, we're we're in the age of scuff, in 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 the age of scuff. It, it's gonna, it's just gonna happen. Well, that that continues in the sixth inning for a little bit. Walks continue. Hits continue. Mariners put two runs on the board in this inning. 11 to 2. Awful. Just just awful. And it's just like, why? like, what, what are you guys even doing? What in the name of fire Cal Eldridge is going on? You know, J.J. Piccolo actually kind of said earlier that he hasn't like really fully decided on the coaching staff yet. It's almost as if he's, you know, trying to say, oh, I don't think I need to fire Cal Eldred and I'm going to be, I'm I'm going to say, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get rid of Cal Eldred this offseason, then I'm immediately going to lose like 90% of the goodwill I have in him. Because I'm i going to trust John, uh, well, I guess I'll say I'll trust J.J. Piccolo, but only because John Sherman trusts J.J. Piccolo. And I trust John Sherman. I trust. That John Sherman knows what he's doing. That he's you know willing to put some faith in J.J. Piccolo and give him a chance. And I think that's fair. I think Piccolo deserves a chance. But if he's going to keep Pico- if he's going to keep Eldred, I I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> I really don't know about that. So awful game. Just just absolutely terrible. Eleven to two Mariners. So what happens when you come across this? Well. Vinny Pasquantino shows up. He gets a full count. Gets a few pitches in. But strikes out, ultimately. Oh well. Bummer. Good at bat, at least. Good try. Then Edward Olivares comes up. And he walks. He gets a seven-pitch walk. Hey. Alright. Good job, Eddie. I like that. I love Eddie. I love Edward Olivares. He's great. Then Michael Massey comes up. And Michael Massey is someone that you know, we do kind of have expectations of him being a regular player. And so far, he's not only met, but I would say exceeded expectations. Michael Massey's been hitting well. Like, the fact that he's already at a 250 batting average for the season with a 320 on base, yeah. I'll, I'll absolutely take that, dude, from our next regular second baseman. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in, in his year zero, you know? And Michael Massey hits a home run. A two-run home run. Hey, that's not bad. Nice little burst of excitement. So at least the Royals aren't going to just lay down and die. At least we got a couple more runs. At least you can say, you know, it's not entirely the, the Bats' fault for going quiet. And keep in mind, Luis Castillo is pitching. Luis Castillo is not only the best pitcher on the Mariners, he was someone who would have been a Cy Young candidate if he stayed in the National League on the Reds. But Luis Castillo literally just signed a $100 million extension. The Mariners literally, like, just last night, or rather on Saturday, I think, gave him an extension. Or maybe it was Friday. Gave him an extension for $100 million or something. It was It was definitely nine figures. I don't know what the number is exactly, but it's a lot. So, yeah. And... Also, keep in mind that I, I said that, you know, I was, I was implying he'll be, he'd will he be in a Cy Young candidate if he stayed in the National League. Yeah, he was on the Reds for half the season. And then the Mariners gave up a haul to get him. They gave up their top prospect, who was like a top 10 prospect in baseball, Noel V. Marte, who was supposed to be, you know, their starting shortstop for the future or something. Yeah, they they gave up a lot. And I, I think they gave up another top prospect for him. They gave up a ton you get Luis Castillo, so definitely uh putting a lot of faith in him, and you no, know, I don't blame him. But yeah, Royal scored four off of him. Good job. Like that's really, really good. You you can't dismiss that at all. You can't blame the hitting for this game. Good job, guys. So, um, yeah. Not bad. And then guess who comes up? Oh. It's our favorite boy. It's our favorite royal. You know, it's the, it was, it's the final game of the home season. Final game we're playing at Kauffman this year. And what would be more fitting than to watch Ryan or Hearn get a start? Everyone's favorite Royal. So he comes up to bat. And he gets a walk. Okay. Ryan or Hearn gets on base. You know what? I'll take it. Who comes up next? Ah. Everyone's second favorite royal, who's also in the starting lineup, our boy Hunter Dozier. Just what we want to see. The, the the one-two punch everyone's really afraid of in this league. And you know what? Hunter Dozier, on nine pitches, also takes a walk. Wait a minute. That's not bad. Hunter Dozier's actually having a pretty good game at this point. Oh, he, he he already had two hits at this point. So, yeah, he actually drove in a run earlier. Hunter Dozier's having a good day. Okay. Okay, Hunter Dozier, I'll, I'll give you credit where it's due. Good job. You You're doing great. So now we got two guys on base. And then Drew Waters hits a single up the middle. Now the bases are loaded and there's only one out. Huh. All right. Not too bad. At least we're getting something on the board. At least we can, get again, have a little bit of excitement in this game. Give the fans something to see. Because, you know, that's this is what we've been hoping for. We've been hoping that this lineup would produce and it's been producing. This lineup is our saving grace. And it's getting the job done. Now, Luis Castillo is out of the game. He's been out of the game for a couple of batters but at this point. But still, really good to see the Royals doing this against a pretty good pitching team. And then MJ Melendez. Comes up. He grounds out. Okay. But avoids a double play. So he scores a run and keeps the inning going. So I'll take it. All right. 11 to 5. That's not a terrible score. You don't like the 11 runs given up, but at least the Royals haven't been completely embarrassed at this point. Fine. Bobby Wood Jr. comes up. And he gets a double. He scores a double in his center field. Jared Kalenic is having an awful weekend. This dude is just getting eaten alive by Kaufman and the sun combined. I mean, he was bad on Friday and Saturday's games as well. But, like, Sunday's game, like, ooh, I, I felt bad for him. <laughs> I felt really bad for him. And I'm glad that we never uh, took a chance on him because I remember – some people really speculating uh, or hoping for a trade with uh, with the Mariners. Like I think it was when there were rumors of the of the Mariners asking about Whit Merrifield, and people were like, oh, let's bring back Jared Kalenic. We can, you know, he has so much upside. We can try, you know, turning him around." Kind of kind of glad that didn't happen. At least based on his fielding, I don't know. Maybe we could have turned him into a into a better hitter, but we got Drew Waters, so it doesn't matter. And I would say Drew Waters has more upside than Jared Kalenic, especially right now. Anyway, not the point point is Bobby scores a couple runs right there now it's 11 to seven now it's actually like a like a, a somewhat close game. it's still just a sixth inning so it's not like this is you know super super late like it's a it's going to be a futile comeback so the inning's still going still only two outs. Salvador Perez comes up. And Salvador Perez does something unbelievable. He goes down to 0-2. And then takes a walk. Like, Salvi walking in general is rare. But Salvi walking after being down 0-2? I I have to ask this pitcher, Matt Brash. What is wrong with you? How could you do this? Now, I, I this was definitely... Matt Brash just being bad at pitching as opposed to Salvi, you know, showing elite plate discipline. You know, those last, the last, you know, the, these four pitches that he threw were just awful. But still, I, you know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> Salvi will swing at the absolute worst pitches you ever, you'll ever ever see. So <laughs> I'll give him credit where it's due. Still, good job, Salvi. But yeah, Sa- Sa- Salvi's on base now. Two on. And then Edward Olivares singles right past the shortstop. Actually was deflected by the third baseman. Bobby scores. Eleven to eight Royals. Get a new pitcher in. This inning's been going on forever. I've been playing Splatoon 3 the entire time. I've played like seven games already. And now at this point I have to turn it off because I'm just like, what is going on? What 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 are they doing? This isn't happening. This there no way, dude. No freaking way. Michael Massey comes back up to hit. Oh wait, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. It, oh. Screw it. Okay, I, I ignore. I forgot the fact that Vinny walked as well on four pitches, so that got Bobby to third. Then Ed. Then Edward Alirara singled. So now you got actually you got the bases loaded, and Michael Massey comes back up, and he singles. Two runs score. Eleven to ten. And then Ryan O'Hearn comes back up to hit. Ah, oh, boy, Ryan O'Hearn. And you know what? We get a Ryan O'Hearn moment. He doubles into right field. <laughs> Ryan O'Hearn, everybody. He, do- he did it. Never doubt him ever again. You know, I swear. Sometimes when Ryan O'Hearn gets a start, the Royals have like the craziest, weirdest games. I, I swear this is not the first time the Royals had like, a weird, amazing game when Ryan O'Hearn started. Because I remember there being a game in the past where we, we looked at the lo- starting lineup and it's like, are you kidding me? Ryan O'Hearn and Hunter Dozier are starting at the same time? Like, what is this? Matheny, what is this? And then the Royals put up like 15 runs or something in, in-, in-, in, that-, in that game. I don't remember when this was, but I swear it happened. It's like, when when, when Ryan O'Hearn starts, sometimes really good things happen for some reason. So, but he does it. He doubles. He scores Edward Olivares and Michael Massey. Royals are winning 12-2. It's the 10th run. And then Hunter Dozier comes back up to hit. And he also gets a hit. <laughs> And Kyle Lispel scored because he pinch ran for Ryan O'Hard. That's an 11-run inning. This would also be the end of the inning because after Hunter Dozier hit that ball, Hunter Dozier came out to run and he tried stretching a single into a double. So uh, that didn't work. But you know what? You know what? I'll give it to him. I'll, I'll, I will allow Hunter Dozier to make that mistake. I will not be mad at Hunter Dozier for doing that. You know what? You're on fire. Shoot your shot, bro. Just do it. Go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You already have an 11 run in. So just just do it. Just just try stunting on him. Even if it doesn't work, you, you, you're still getting the last laugh. Fine. And, and again, at this point, he's now had a three hit game and a walk. Hunter Dozier did not record an out Or uh, on offense at least. I hope he did on defense. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Well, he yeah, he was the first baseman, so yeah, I think he did. He re- he probably recorded some outs. I wonder if there is a game, well, he didn't start at first base. I think he uh substituted in or something. I don't I don't know who who cares. I was about to say though. I wonder how many games have occurred where uh, an out wasn't recorded at first base like the first baseman was just useless in that game. That'd be really interesting. I bet that's really rare, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's happened before. So yeah, that is an 11 run inning. 13 to 11 Royals. Mariners got a run on the board late in the 7th inning, but that was it. Royals held on and won this game. Just just incredible. That is just it's one of the best games You'll ever see. It's one, of the, it's one of the worst games at the same time because that inning was just so atrocious. But, you know, if there's anything that we can put our faith in, it's these hitters. And I've said this before, that the way of determining how good or successful something can be, like how good someone can be. It's not when they have their best days. It's when they have some of their, you know, not so good days. And I know it might be weird to say that the Royals didn't have their best days on offense when they scored 13 runs. But I I, kind of mean like, you know, with your back against the wall like that, when you're losing 11 to 2 and then actually coming back to win that, that's another sign that this offense really is for real. Like this isn't like... 2019 going into 2020 where you think, okay, well, this offense can be good if, you know, Whit Merrifield hits 300 again and uh, Salvi hits 30 home runs again and uh, Jorge Soler hits 30 home runs again and Hunter Dozier does this. You know, you're just like dealing with all these what-ifs. You know, you're already seeing a floor being established for all these guys. For Bobby, for MJ. Even if you want to say that Nate Eaton and Michael Massey are over-producing, Like, they're not actually going to be this good. It, it's fine. Because you still got all these guys who I, I would say are just going to improve. I think MJ Melendez is going to be much better next year. I think Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be much better next year. Nick, Vinny Pasquantino, man, if he's going to be much better the next year, then he's going to be like the best hitter in baseball. He's hitting 283. Can we talk about this? Vinny Pasquantino has a batting average of 283. In an on base of 372, this guy is unbelievable. He he's he's on fire. He's been on fire. I mean, we we this was kind of what we hoped for and in, in in some way expected. We actually did have this very real expectation of Vinny Pasquantino being our best hitter this season, and it's happening. It's happening, guys. He's here. He's incredible. And also something I don't want to be go left unsaid. Salvador Perez is hitting 253. Now he didn't get a hit uh today, but it's still really important to uh to note this because remember how bad he was at the beginning of the season? Like, re- like remember how awful he was? But not even just that. For like most of the season, Salvi was bad. Salvi went into August with a 209. Average, two oh nine in August, August first. Since then, he's hitting three fifteen. Just what, what? What? Huh? Huh? What is this? What is that? What? What do you? What? What? Uh, it's incredible. His season average is now. 253 He raised it by almost 50 points In two months Like what He's practically become 2020 Salvi Not even 2021, 2020 Which was like the actual best season he had <laughs> Even if it was like 30 games But it's incredible it's, a, it's amazing, Salvi has really turned it around I mean yeah It's just That's fantastic it was just such a great day on offense. You know, they had they had nothing to lose and everything to gain, and they and they uh, they showed everyone why they need to be taken so seriously. Sorry to the Mariners. Like I feel, I feel really sorry to them. But I will say, um, if they miss the playoffs, then everybody wave high, wave, say hello to uh, John Boys and Alec Rubenstein because we're gonna be in the next part of their Mariners documentary. They're definitely gonna have to, you, you know, whenever that happens. They're definitely going to talk about this game. <laughs> and how this was this was the harbinger of doom for the Mariners, who had a 99% chance of making the playoffs and then missed it. Because of this one game. <laughs> imagine, imagine if they missed the playoffs by one game. Imagine if the Orioles come back. Oh man, that would be crazy. That would be absolutely insane. I would feel sorry for them because I, I genuinely like the Mariners. I really do. But... A, a game like this feels too good to be wrong, and I also want everybody to th- say thank you to Luke Weaver, because Luke Weaver had an amazing contribution to this game. He 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 made the biggest contribution that he's ever made to the Royals all all all, all his career. Really, um, he actually got ejected before the game started, so he didn't make himself available. So by doing that, that was a that was a really good thing. We didn't have to watch him pitch today. So thank you, Luke Weaver. And look what happens. Look what happens when, when Luke Weaver gets ejected. The Royals come back from an eleven to two deficit. They have an eleven run inning. <laughs> and it was also maybe the most cringe way of getting ejected, which is uh standing at the national anthem for too long. Which I mean it's like a it was like a competition with between him and Robbie Ray, who was also on the diamondbacks. They used to be former teammates. I Man, I get it, it's whatever. I, I'm not like really all upset about it or whatever. But say thank you to Luke Weaver. Y'all Y'all want to, you know, complain about him. Well, give him credit when he does something right. <laughs> he made himself unavailable so we didn't have to see him. And then the Royals scored a bunch of runs. So so clearly he was the key. I hope he does that every single game <laughs> from now on. And also give credit to me. You know what? I feel like I deserve a little bit of something here. Because let me tell you. I was genuinely thinking about going to the game on Sunday. When the Royals fired Dayton Moore my uh my sister was uh texting me about it, and I'm like, You know what? I might go to the game on Sunday. I haven't actually wanted to go to a Royals game since like you know since I actually did that back in like May because you know the team's been so awful, and I'm just like I don't want to really support this team <laughs> because it's it's doing things that I don't approve of that I don't support, but then they fired eight more, and I'm like, oh you know what i'm a big I'm a big royals fan now." <laughs> Big Royals guy, personally. So, yeah, I was thinking, you know, Sunday, tickets are actually really cheap. But if you a, a a team that I, I enjoy, which is the Mariners, I mean, I enjoy the Royals <laughs> so, sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, and you know, it's the final game of the season. Final home game of the season. You know, why not? I, I'm feeling good. I, I appreciate what the Royals are doing right now. But, I don't know. Well, it's kind of because of the stuff that happened on Friday. Let me just say, I've made some mistakes. I've real, I really messed up, man. I really messed up what what's happened with uh with my room. So, uh, yeah, that's gotten me down, and I don't know. Maybe put me in a position where I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be spending a ton of money. <laughs> it could be that bad. I'm not saying it is, but ugh, you never know. Anyway. So and plus. I don't know, this morning I was just feeling down, and I'm like, ah, whatever, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to stay home, enjoy my time in my room, play some Splatoon, you know, just, 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 just relax, I guess. That's it. And let me tell you, any time that I have a, a, a thought that I feel like going to a Royals game, and then I pull back at, like, the last minute, something really, really good happens. It ends up being a really, really good game. Off the top of my head, there are two instances where this happened. One was in 2016. And I really regret this because I did not go to a single game in 2016. Granted, that was the first year I was actually like following the Royals for real. But even then, almost every year before that, I had been to at least one Royals game. Because it's like a, it's like an obligatory family thing. You know, we go to a Royals game every year. So even if I didn't like care about the team at all. You know, I'd still go to a Royals game. But, yeah, in 2016, I didn't go to a game at all. But there was one time when I was kind of thinking about it. And I didn't. Just like last minute, I decided not to. And that game, it was, I I can't remember the exact date of it. But it was in the middle of August, and they were playing the Guardians. And I remember the, the, the the Royals won. And the Royals won because Gerard Dyson hit a grand slam. It was the one and only Grand Slam he hit in his career. And I think it was the only home run he had in 2016. Just like the most unlikely thing. And I missed that. And I was really bummed. I'm like, I can't believe this. I, 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 I could have seen that. R- insane. The other time this happened. And granted, I actually had more of a reason this time. It was in 2019. And, yeah, I was really thinking about going to the Royals game, but I decided not to, uh, like, because uh, I remember looking at tickets the day of. And I was lo- and I, specifically, I was looking at outfield seats because Jorge Soler had, I think it was, it was either 37 or 38 home runs. So he was either about to tie Moose's record or he was about to break it. And I was actually looking at the outfield plaza seats thinking, you know what? would be a good time to go see a Royals game and sit in the outfield. Cause I actually did that for uh 2017. I actually did that in a, when Moose was about to tie the record, either, either he was about to tie it or he was about to break it again. I, I kind of forgot which one, but uh, yeah. So I was going to do that f- again, but for Solaire this time I didn't, I pulled out just because there was like a family thing going on and, Basically, some of my family was attending a funeral in New York. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to, you know, go to a Royals game and, you know, like enjoy myself while, you know, half my family is out mourning somewhere. So I decided not to. And that day, Soler hit a home run. And it was in those outfield seats. It was in the left center outfield plaza that I was actually thinking about sitting in. And I'm like, man, (laughs) really had to happen today. This all happened to happen in this exact particular way. And uh, oh, well, I mean, I can't complain too much about that. I I don't regret like not going, but still remains to be said that whenever I decide to pull out last second, something really good happens. (laughs) Apparently, it's happened twice, and it happened again on Sunday. But aside from that, yeah, the Royals have been playing good baseball. Even the one game that they lost, which was on Saturday, they lost by one. It was a 6-5 to five game, so... And, again, the Royals were against a really good pitcher. They were against Logan Gilbert, who's probably the best pitcher on the Mariners. They got five runs out of him in five innings. They were fantastic against it. They beat the crap out of him. You could kinda say Chris Bubich out outpitched him. Cause he went four point two innings but only gave up three runs. So uh good good job, I I guess. I mean that's not good, but whatever. But then uh Colin Snyder and Brad Keller blew it later on, so uh yeah, you know not 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 a good day for uh for those two. In fact, Colin Snyder was option to AAA in place of Max Castillo, which is a, a good idea. I, I kind of mentioned this on Friday on Royals Rundown, but I don't think Colin Snyder's coming back this next season. He's not. He's not good. It's he. I it felt like he was good for like the first two weeks of the season, but no, not anymore. Just he hasn't. He has an ERA of six point eight, and his FIP isn't all that much better. It's like four point eight or something. So not good for a reliever. No thanks. Uh... Uh, And also Brad Keller is probably gone as well because he hasn't been all that good in the bullpen and he has a 5.1 ERA and he's coming up on his third year of arbitration. So, you know, whether or not the Royals are serious about committing him to the bullpen or not, I still don't think he's going to be worth the, you know, third year arbitration money. So uh, no thanks to that. But still, Royals only lost six to five. Respectable game overall. But they won the first game. Five to one. Brady Singer was fantastic, and he he he's also you know I mentioned this a long time ago that he was another example of like not having his best stuff but still being able to get through it which is you know my indication that Brady Singer really is the guy, and he, he it was it was only in the first inning though it was early you know he gave up a home run early and that was it he he, he gave up a couple walks early I think but other than that he he settled in and he cruised. He threw seven seven innings, eight strikeouts, one run, 110 pitches, which is a little bit surprising. I don't know if uh, it's maybe a good idea to have him throw so much, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they they really want him to qualify, to, to have a qualifying season. Because in order to have a qualifying season, you have to have one inning pitched per game played. So basically, you need to have 162 innings. Brady Singer right now is at, what is he at? He's at 147.2. So he needs 14.1. He has two more starts coming up. I think he's going to start the last game of the season and, and another one midway through. So it's not out of the question for him to get this. He, he It's going to take a lot of effort. He's going to have to really try, but he can do it. Maybe that's what the Royals are trying to do. Maybe they want him to get a qualifying season, and if he does, he could actually get some down ballot Cy Young votes. I mean, why not? He's having he's had he's at four point seven war, dude. He has a he has a two point nine nine ERA. We have a Royals pitcher with a sub three ERA. In this economy? What? A, a starting pitcher, that is. Just incredible. So yeah. And then of course they had the uh Dayton Morbius sweep against the Twins. Which is just great. Royals have been, uh, every single game, they've scored four runs or more. They've been on fire. This lineup has been absolutely fantastic. And they had the ultimate test on Sunday and they passed. They just did it. It's really exciting to see. It looks like the Royals are actually going to finish strong. And uh, if nothing else, they finally avoided 100 losses. We thought that might actually happen. Just a couple weeks ago. We thought the Royals might actually lose 100 games this season. But Sunday was win number 63. So, not this year. Hooray. And although I've been saying wins and losses don't matter that much. It did feel like this win mattered. It meant a little bit. You know, it it, it just made you feel good. Didn't it? Made me feel good, at least. And again... I didn't even go to this game. But imagine if I did. That would have been something. But maybe it's good that I didn't. Because I'm bad luck. I I went one in five in attendance this year. So, uh... Yeah. Uh, Maybe next year will be better. <laughs> but, whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. Until then, thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. That's going to do it for me. But I would love to hear from you. On twitter at royal deluxe pod or you can send me direct feedback at royal deluxe podcast at gmail dot com and uh yeah that's gonna i'll see you uh I'll see you on wednesday again sorry for all the scuff in this episode, but that's just where we are at this point i mean what 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 is this royal season if not scuffed i i feel like this is pretty fitting for us. This is the podcast quality that this season deserves. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on Wednesday or yeah, on Wednesday. And um, until then, thank you very much for making this podcast part of your day. And I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux and go Royals. Do it again, Royals. Uh, Maybe next time score 12 inning, 12 runs in one inning.